Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Emerson. And Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. Gobble, gobble. Happy Thanksgiving to all our American friends. Get ready for a chatty episode. Grab some apple cider, a PSL or pumpkin spice latte, or just, you know, your beverage of choice, and join us as we discuss what we're thankful for this fall season. But before we get into that, let's hear TSH from a top teacher. This top teacher says, my TSH is grading. As a fifth grade teacher, I have a lot of grading. I know you can do things digitally, but my TSH can't be done digitally. Grading writing. Oh, from race responses to literature, to narrative paragraphs, to science, social studies, content writing. There's a lot of writing to look at. I feel I need to comment and teach on the big pieces of writing so the student can improve. But sometimes it takes me two hours to grade one assignment. Help. Okay, so I'm going to let Bridget take the majority of this because she is much more of an expert at this than I am. But off the top of my head, things that come to mind for me, make sure you have a rubric that you are using. Essentially, you should have a different rubric for each kind of style of writing. And if you use that rubric, it makes it much easier to leave feedback. Another suggestion that comes to mind, if there are certain comments that you are writing again and again and again on student papers, which tends to happen, you can have a custom stamp made on Amazon. They're super cheap. Just go on Amazon and search custom stamp. There's ones with like one line of writing, two lines of writing, all the way up to like, I don't know, five or seven lines of writing. So you can write out those comments, have it made into a stamp, and then all you have to do is stamp the paper. But outside of that, off the top of my head, I feel like one of the easiest ways to maybe save time with this would be to have more of like a conference with each kid rather than grading it independently because we all know the kids most likely are not actually looking at your comments that you're spending all that time writing. So if you met with each student, and it doesn't have to be for every piece of writing, but if you could meet with them and kind of discuss what you want them to improve on, set goals, et cetera, it would cut down on the time you're spending like writing all of those comments. Bridget, what are your thoughts? I love how Michelle was like, I'm going to let Bridget take this. And then she's like, I don't really know. And yet she gives like freaking awesome ideas. And those were the exact ideas that I was going to give. I feel so valid. I know. You are (laughs) phenomenal. So one, going back to just Michelle said, you do need to have a rubric. And you want to have this rubric well planned in advance. So have them already ready to go. And when it comes to the rubric, you want to focus on some different components. You want to have organization. You want to have the content. You want to have grammar. You want to have all of those elements broken down. And then you want to have it to where it's um, kind of like that mastery base. Like what is it that you're expecting from those kids in each of those different areas, right? That's going to help you cut down on having to respond to students. She also mentioned conferencing, which was going to be the piece that I was going to suggest as well. And for this here, you want to conference well in advance. So don't just start looking at your students writing at the very end. I suggest you start looking at it from the very beginning because you're already going to have an idea of what those kids are doing, right? So if I know that Johnny's going to come to me and he's writing a story about how he had surgery on his club foot, 
which is actually Johnny is not the student, but it is a story that I've had a student write in the past. <laughs> but if he's going to come and write a story about that, I already know what to expect because I've already had opportunities to meet with Johnny and we've already gone through and I know exactly where he is in his writing. That's going to save me time because if I look at that final copy, that final draft of it, and Johnny hasn't made certain corrections that I already know were there, well, then I know exactly what grade I'm going to end up giving them, right? So I can knock out content before I even see their writing at the very, very end, because I've already been talking with them and working with them in advance before they turned that in. Now, we did not plan this. Bridget has no idea where I'm going with this. Um, Let me just kick off this episode by saying I am not a mushy person, okay? Let me just say I am the person known for getting the funny cards. Billy always gives me a hard time because it'll be our anniversary or something. And he's like, you got me a monkey card. Like, why can't you get me a card that just says how much you love me? And I'm like, but I like the funny cards. I am not good at expressing my emotions. Okay. I, <laughs> I'm not good at, you know, words of appreciation and like w- the different love languages. Uh, the words one is not me. I am not good at it, but I'm going to try. And I'm going to kick us off by saying, Bridget, I think the reason I was able to give such a good answer is because I had just finished reading the manuscript for your book, which is coming out oh. this spring. So it's not out yet. But if y'all just stay tuned and continue looking You're for right. it. I was like, I have no idea where she was going. Was I rambling? I was no. <laughs> and so Bridget, I am one of the endorsers for her book. So I received her manuscript before it's like finalized and everything. Mm-hmm. And this past week I read it. And so I was able to pull some of the things that I had like read in your book. And so I just want to start by saying like, I'm thankful for your knowledge of literacy. I feel like it's helped me so much, even though I'm not currently teaching and I taught reading in both fourth and second grade, but I never felt like I became an expert at it. And I'm obviously still not, but I feel like even just reading your book, there were things, there were things that I read where I was like, oh, I was doing that. Yay. Pat myself on the back. Go Michelle. (laughs) But there were other things where I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Like I was never approaching it that way. So when building the literacy block comes out this spring, make sure y'all go and grab it. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) Okay. Focus, Bridget. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and just say, like, I feel like in this episode, I have always believed in expressing when I'm grateful for things, right? In order for me to be able to be really appreciative of what I have. So who I'm with or like looking at the brighter side of life, like I've always like to do like the grateful thing. Now I've never had like a journal. You know how people have like a grateful journal and they write down things that they're grateful for. I don't do that. I'm more of like in my head, like I will kind of space out or I'll just be looking around and it's like, oh, I really love that I'm able to do this. So I know that there are times when like things can be hard and it's easy to like focus on the negative, but today we're going to try to be all like mushy vibes and everything to be able to share some of the things that we're really thankful for. Yeah, I've always heard that there are benefits to listing the things that you're grateful for. I've never done it, but (laughs) I understand how that can be a great practice. A little saying that I've (laughs) reminded myself of lately, I'm laughing because I feel like I do this every single episode. I am just the quote master, but Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, it's funny because I say I'm not good at like expressing with words my my feelings, but yet I love quotes, which are all words. Interesting. Mm -hmm. One that I have loved lately is 
turn your expectations into appreciation. So such a good one. Let me give a good real life example of that. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Um, So Billy, bless his heart, he will load some dishes into the dishwasher, okay? And I tend to have high expectations of the way that dishes are loaded into the dishwasher. To me, it's like one big Tetris puzzle. And over the years, I have figured out the perfect spot for the mugs and the perfect spot for the bowls and the plates and so on. And I know exactly how it should look. Um, Billy is still learning that. And I've had to turn my expectations of here's what I want the dishwasher to look like into appreciation of, hey, he loaded dishes into the dishwasher and that's great. It may not have been done the way that I would do it, but he did it and that's awesome. And I think as a society, we're always focused on wanting more and like focused on the next big thing, but it's important to recognize growth and appreciate what we currently have. I met with my powerlifting coach. We did like a virtual call this past week to kind of set my goals moving forward. And I was talking about with bench press, I was frustrated because I hadn't made a lot of growth over the past few months. And I had to stop myself and look back and go, Michelle, when you started, you could barely lift the bar, which is 45 pounds. And you now can bench press 165. Like, can we just- how much that bar weighs? Most, like a standard power bar- Yes. There are other bars that weigh anywhere between like 25 and 45 pounds, depending on what they're used for. Like a lot of Olympic weightlifting bars are less. They're like 30 or 35. So yeah, they're all different. I know it's complicated. So we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, Bridget has a quick story to tell, but it's very cute. And then we're just going to go like back and forth and kind of share things that we're thankful for. I think we each have a list of like five things and we're going to be mushy gushy. It's going to be a great time. So make sure you stay tuned. Y'all, it's November, and if you've been around long enough, you already know what that means. November means new planner lunch. Our 2023 digital teacher planners that run from January to December are now available. Yes, they are. We have both tablet and Google Slides versions available in our store at teachingonthedouble.com slash store right now. Plus, you can still grab our planner inserts and digital stickers that can be used in any digital planner while you're there. If you're ready to start the year organized and planned, head over to teachingonthedouble.com slash store and grab your digital planning resources today. Okay, so welcome back, everyone. So to get us started, I want to share um, how this kind of tradition came about (laughs) of like sharing things that we're thankful for. So I am a very nervous person. Um, I think this is I've always been this way when I'm like singled out and have to like say do something or say something like in front of other people. I get really, really nervous, right? I don't like to read in front of other people, which now I've gotten way better. Yeah, go ahead, Michelle. <laughs> were you, I had to raise my hand because no, I was like, it's oh, fine. were you in school as a kid? Were you the one that would, if, if the kids were all reading out loud, you would figure mm-hmm. out what paragraph yes. was going to be yours and you'd yes. go to the bathroom? Yes. Yeah, me too. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but the same thing goes with like Christmas and Thanksgiving. Okay. Christmas, my mom loves for us to like open presents individually. So like, it's like yes. my turn. And then my mom wants me to open up all my gifts. And I'm like, I hate this because everybody's eyes are on me. 
Yes, Billy's mom does that, but we rotate. So we each open one. Right. So when I started doing Thanksgiving with my husband's family, they did like, okay, we're all going to sit down and we're all going to go around the table and name something we're thankful for before we can eat. I hated it. (laughs) I just, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. So I put it, I placed it on myself to come up with a new tradition (laughs) because it was their time, first time with grandkids and it was like a little bit of a change. So I think they were very open to the tradition. My mom, not so much. So what we do is like on Thanksgiving, I will bring just a glass jar and then I will have little cards just printed out like something that they're thankful for. And so I tell everybody, you need to write three things, like three different cards, write one thing you're thankful for on each of the three cards. It can be something super silly. It can be something very serious. It's up to you. Try to disguise your handwriting. So what we will do is everybody will write their cards. They will like, you know, fold them up and we'll put them into the jar and then I'll shake the jar up. And so as we're eating... Like it's not before, but as we are eating, the jar will be passed around. So we will have a jar and somebody will take out a card and then they have to guess, like everybody has to guess who that, who said that thing that they're thankful for. The person who reads the card can't really guess until the very end because they know who it is. Typically handwriting handwriting, gives gives it away, right? So you make everybody else kind of guess before you say anything. Yeah. And so it's always really fun because some of them are really serious. Some of them are really, really funny. And it's just like a time for us to be like, okay, you you said it. And it's it makes it so much more light and not as like serious. <laughs> yeah. Which I love. I love the idea of that when you told me. I was like, oh, like maybe you I'll go, steal girl. that. I remember growing up, we did that a couple times where we had to like share in front of the table what we were oh, thankful for. And then eventually we kind of abandoned it. I know. Which I is great. Can't, I, can't, I can't do it. <laughs> but I will say as we jump into our list, we kind of have that combination of like some are kind of more funny and some are more just those deep mushy whatever. It's it's a good balance, which I personally enjoy. Yes. So um, I'll kick us off. Yeah, I mean, cool. our first ones are kind of very similar. I agree. Go ahead. So my first one is friends, family, and pets. (laughs) Obviously, when I say friends, I really just mean Bridget because I don't really have any other friends. (laughs) I'm trying. I'm trying to make friends and it just doesn't work. It's so hard, guys. It's Uh, such a commitment. And you know what? Like Michelle and I can go several days without talking to one another and then just pick up where like no time has been passed. You know what I mean? And I just love that. That's exactly what I was going to say, because Bridget and I, when we got on this morning to record, we had not really talked for a few days. And I feel like with some people, then you're like, oh, we're no longer friends. Our our friendship is just diminishing. But we know that we go through these times where one of us is really busy or we're both really busy and we have to take some time apart. But yes, we're always able to pick back up where we left off, which is one thing that I love about us. And it's just nice to have a friend like Bridget that understands because so much of what we do is the same with running our businesses and doing all of these different tasks. It's hard to relate to someone that isn't in the thick of it. You know, obviously I talked to Billy about a lot, especially with some of the social media stuff and mm-hmm. feeling the pressure and X, Y, and Z. But he's always like, well, just don't go on Instagram or, know. you know, don't go on you. I'm like, it doesn't work like that, Billy. And so it's nice to have someone like Bridget who gets it and 
I truly feel like she loves and appreciates, I mean, I'm speaking for her, but <laughs> loves and appreciates me exactly as I am. And I never feel like I have to put on a facade or pretend to be something that I'm not in order for her to like, like me or, you know, I feel like she genuinely just accepts me. And then obviously family. I mean, I have never been like, I've never, hmm, how do I word this? My family has never been like super, super close. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're just not like, it just isn't like that, but it's nice even now like that Billy and I are are married seeing his family because his family's very different and his parents are divorced so we kind of have like his mom's side and his dad's side and they are very different from each other but it's little things like on my birthday his dad called me which was just really nice because I'm gonna throw my own parents under the bus they did not even call <gasps> me on my birthday I got a text from my mom and that was it and I was like okay but like his dad called me and he was like, Hey, you know, I just wanted to personally like wish you a happy birthday. And that was so nice. And I actually have from the year prior, Billy and I were going on a trip. So I didn't answer my phone and he left me a voicemail and his dad is a beautiful singer. He sang at our wedding and he sung me like happy birthday on my voicemail. And I've always kept it. Cause it's just one of those like really nice things. Um, and then pets, you know, my, my cats and, and Ember, they drive me crazy, but mm-hmm. I do like genuinely love them. And last, night Billy and I were heading home from a concert and I was like checking the little ember cam so I could see how she was doing and she was like starting to whine I was like oh I feel so bad I was like I just want to tell her I'm gonna be home soon and you know then there's the moments where she eats four and a half bagels before my powerlifting uh-huh. meet because she gets into my snack bag and I'm like dog like I cannot with you but truly I'm like they just make me so happy they do they really just kind of bring a joy to you when you see them. Although yesterday, Walter was not bringing joy to my heart because he did eat a bunch of pepperonis from a package that he decided to shut open. And he had like a poopy butt, which is like, oh my gosh, I don't want to deal with you right now. (laughs) Um, But mine is very similar to kind of start. And it's like the healthy family and friends. And I wanted to add in like the healthy family in there for um, a big reason, just because I know like I have a lot of family members that are going through some health issues right now. And it just kind of reminds me of, you know, I'm so unbelievably thankful every single day that my boys are healthy, that my husband is healthy, because I know that we could be put into, you know, so much of a harder time. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm just very grateful for that because I know so many others are just going through a lot of turmoil and things like that with with different family members. And so I'm very grateful for that. And of course, friends, like I have one friend, I have Michelle. that is it. (laughs) But I am so very grateful for her, but I'm not going to talk a lot about it because mine is going to be towards the end. So I'm going to share like my thankfulness for Michelle a little bit later on. Okay. Okay. What's your next one? Okay. So my number two is kind of actually related then to your, your number one was like a nice tie together between my one and two. So my number two is, and again, we are not ranking these per se. It's not like number one versus number five. It's just a list. So my second one is my healthy body and its strength. Ironically, I know I mentioned a couple episodes ago about how Billy and I went to the Ed Sheeran concert. We batched these. So we're recording all of, you know, November's episodes at one time. But, uh, and Bridget, I will have to tell you this story afterward, but Essentially, we had paid for these like upgraded this upgraded section because this was my birthday present from Billy and we had gotten in line early so we could be close and they started leading us closer to the stage and they had like a rope and 
they were leading us with the rope. I thought they were going to lead us with the rope all the way up to the stage. No. All of a sudden, they drop the rope and everyone starts sprinting. It was like what you see on TV with like the Black Friday sales, like where it is just a herd of people. Oh, my gosh. And so all of a sudden, I like turned to Billy and I was like, we don't have a choice. We have to sprint. And we start sprinting and we were able to get really close, which was awesome. And I joked with him. I'm like, this is why we work out so that in moments like this... Don't even have to stretch. Like I'm wearing, you know, not good shoes for it, but I can sprint my butt off to get to the front where the stage is. So I'm very grateful for having a healthy body, not having a lot of, you know, Mm -hmm. health issues. And then just my body strength. I mean, powerlifting more than anything has shown me like what my body is capable of. And I just see my body in such a different, but more positive way. It's no longer about my body's size it's about what is my body able to do. And through that, I'm able to see food in a different way. Cause now I look at food as, I mean, I do still look at it as enjoyment. Don't get me wrong. Billy and I are going to my Mm -hmm. birthday dinner tonight and I'm so excited for some garlic bread, (gasps) but (laughs) for the most part, I look at food as how is this going to help my body? How is this going to fuel my workouts? And I'm so happy that I have this balance of I can enjoy food and love it for what it is and and how it makes me happy and enjoying it with other people, but also be able to see what it does for my body. Oh, that's such a good one. I am very proud of all the work that you've done when it comes to powerlifting. Like, it's very, very impressive. Like, sometimes I look at those videos and I'm like, uh, no way. I can't do that. (laughs) Like, she, like, if I had to have somebody with me to be able to take somebody out, it would be Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) Forget my husband. I would say Michelle. (laughs) Um, Okay. So my next one is going to be kind of like a serious but a silly one at the same time. So I am very thankful for Dunkin' Coffee and a turkey. egg and cheese muffin on Fridays and sometimes other days as well. I think the reason why I put this on there is like I'm moving, I moved schools, right? I moved districts. And whenever you move a school or district, there's going to be hardships. And I've definitely gone through um, a hard moment. I'm still going through those hard times, you know, struggling mm-hmm. with some of the changes because, you know, I went from having a 40 minute special every day to not having specials every single day, yeah. which is challenging. I've gone from one type of clientele to a very different type of clientele when it comes to my kids. I've gone from, you know, the way that they do things there to how they're doing things here. And while I still have like, I'm able to teach I know the content, like I'm a, I'm a good fourth grade teacher. I know the material really well. I struggle when it comes to all those other changes. And so sometimes it hits me a little bit hard that it's like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like, I can't yeah. do this. I'm really struggling. Like, I really hate this now. And I know that when I moved from kindergarten to fourth grade, I had those same feelings, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. until probably after January that I started to feel like I was regaining my life again and I started enjoying teaching. And so I just think that I'm going to go through this for a while. <laughs> and so I have a few more, couple more months and hopefully I'll start to feel better about it. But on those days where I'm really struggling and I'm like, I just want to drive and go towards Maryland. <laughs> Or I'm going to go towards Canada. I will stop at Dunkin' and I will get myself coffee and a turkey egg and cheese muffin. And it will make me feel better. What is your go-to coffee order? I will do a medium hot macchiato with vanilla. Mm. Billy loved their macchiatos. Yeah. That sounds very good. Very, very good. And it just brings me so much joy. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's important to have those those little things that you enjoy, whether it's, you know, a food or a drink or an activity that you do where you're just like, this makes me happy. And and it's that consistency yes. too. You yes. know what I mean? I think that's really, really nice. So my third thing that I am thankful for is my freedom to be flexible with my time. And obviously this comes with my current season of life and not being in the classroom. And more than anything, I'm just enjoying not forcing myself to do nothing but work because for seven years, because I started my business literally my first year of teaching. So I never was just a teacher. I always was teaching and doing all these other things on the side. And so for seven years, I felt like all I did was work and I did not get to enjoy just taking time off and and getting to go do fun things. Like I always had to sacrifice those. And so now I'm enjoying, like if I wake up and I just want to take it a me day is what I call it, where it's just like, I'm going to do whatever I want today. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go sit in a coffee shop. I am really enjoying that. And I think, you know, what I tell myself is like, this is what you worked hard for all those years is like, you now get to enjoy this. And it just makes you realize like there's more to life than just working or just trying to reach that next goal. Sometimes it's nice just to live in the moment and enjoy the sunset or just to like people watch. And, you know, I keep bringing up the concert only because it literally just happened last night. But like there was this one moment he played a song and you just hear everyone singing to it. And it's that moment where you realize everyone has a connection to this song, but for a different reason. It's his song called Perfect, and it's all about this, like, you find that perf- that person, and to you, they're perfect, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. But it's funny being surrounded by all these people that I don't know, and we all look so different, and yet we all have this same connection to this song. And it's that whole, like, love and just these certain things that we experience in life that we all go through. And I don't know, cheesy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, so mine, my next one <clears throat> is my new bathroom. Hallelujah, guys. The bathroom is done. Okay. Well, I mean, there's still one thing that still needs to be done. Like as I'm recording this, however, what is that? My vanity. So oh, remember yeah. we had to do a, a new custom vanity because it's a very narrow bathroom. So I have to have an 18 inch depth. Long story. So <laughs> I, that vanity I called yesterday, it's going to be in on the 8th. Ooh, okay. So two, so like, like two weeks, two-ish weeks, right? Two, two and a half ish yeah. weeks, which is feeling so good. But yeah, the bathroom has been just so nice, and I know that it is a luxury, right, to be able to redo a bathroom from scratch. Like we had it completely gutted, and we got mm-hmm. a brand new bathroom put in. Not everybody can afford that, and so I am very, very grateful at the fact that I'm in a position in my life to be able to do something like that. And I'm just grateful the fact that my floor doesn't crackle when I step on it. <laughs> I'm just grateful that I have that stupid baby blue tub that is gone. (laughs) I'm just grateful that everything just looks nice. Like I go in there and it feels peaceful. Um, And so I know that that seems so, it's very materialistic, right? But I think it's more so not grateful. Well, I am grateful that I have the bathroom, but I'm grateful for the position in my life. Mm-hmm. that I'm able to have that bathroom, right? Because it's mm-hmm. like, this is what I've been able to work so hard for to be able to have some of these things like this um, and to make my my home nicer and to have things for my kids that are nicer. And so it's just a good feeling just because 
I'll be very honest with you guys. I grew up in a way that I had almost both worlds, right? Like I grew up in the very beginning, my very young years where we didn't have a lot of money. And then Mm -hmm. my mom worked really, really hard. She got married, remarried when, you know, my dad is my stepdad, but he's my dad. And they made a, a good amount of money, right? And so I lived that life like in my 20s, that really mm-hmm. good life. But then, you know, I had, well, my teens and my 20s. And then I had Ian. And then I lived in an apartment where I had nothing. Like I had yeah. a box and I had like an old box TV, like on top of a box. And I slept on the floor. And that's because I didn't have the money to do it. And I left home. That was a choice that I had made. And so I struggled for many, many years. I worked two jobs, going to school to try to become a teacher, to get a better life for my kid. And it's so everything has not been so easy for me in life. And so I'm just grateful for the point that I'm in right now, where it's like, I don't have to stress about that. Yeah. It feels good. And I... I think that's true for most of these things that we're saying. It's yes, we're thankful for that actual thing as it is at the surface level, but we're also thankful for like the deeper meaning behind it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So my fourth one is the opportunity to make an impact. So with my following on social media, with the resources I've been able to put out on, you know, Teachers Pay Teachers with my book that's coming out with speaking engagements that I get to participate in. All of those are an opportunity to impact someone and be able to make a difference in their life. And like, that's incredibly powerful. And it's something I still look at the people that follow me and I'll I'll say, I guess, the success that I've had. And there still is that part of me that's like, but wait, why me? And I still question, it's that like imposter syndrome. Like, who am I to be doing this? But when I have those little moments where I get to, you know, meet someone that has been following me and they get to share with me how I've made a difference for them, it's such a a very humbling feeling because I think we forget that sometimes in the day-to-day that there are real people following us and listening to what we say and watching what we do and being able to take things from that. And that is, to me, that's what life is about. It's the whole, like leaving the world a better place than when you entered it. Like if I had to sum up life, that's what my goal is. And that can be accomplished in so many different ways, but obviously being able to directly impact someone is a big part of that. And so I am incredibly grateful to have the audience and the platform that I have and the ability to make those impacts because it makes me feel like I am making a difference and I was put on this earth for a reason. And, you know, I think we've all, we've all had those like really low times in our life where we were questioning, like, why am I even here? You know, and, and maybe we all haven't, but I know personally I have. And so being able to, to look back at those moments and go, but this is what that was all for. Like I I am here for a reason. You know, it's funny, you talk about that imposter syndrome piece. And with mine, my next one, it's it's my book on literacy block, like building the literacy block. And circa <clears throat> April 2023. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it really? Oh, did you freeze? I think you froze. Oh, you're back. Hey, yeah, I, I'm back. I lost internet for a second, but I'm back. <laughs> oh, she's back. Oh, she's frozen. Okay, I'm going to keep going. 
So uh, with my book on the literacy block and when it comes to just that imposter syndrome, I remember going through and just feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to do this. Like, who am I to really be the one to say like, oh man, I can write a book about building the literacy block. And I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to really work and build this book because it is something that I felt as though I needed so badly when I went in, when I went to fourth grade. Yes, I felt like a really confident and a good teacher. I felt like I had behavior management, but going from kindergarten to fourth grade, it was a totally different world. And I didn't feel like there was really anything out there that really helped you organize that and to how to structure that. There were some books out there that I felt like really impacted and changed my life as a teacher, but it never really helped me understand like, okay, but here's how they all tie together, right? And this book is allowing me to do that. But man, I will tell you, just as Michelle had mentioned, like when she was talking about hers, that imposter syndrome would just leak in and it would be like, well, who am I? And well, it's not this and people are going to hate this and people are not going to like that. And I'll be honest, guys, I got a peer review that was not very nice. Like we got two different peer reviews and one of them, she tore my book apart because it was not research based because I had stories in my book that connected to my life. But I have to remember, but you know what? She's not my target audience. She's not the person that I'm writing this book for. I'm writing this book for somebody who wants to build the connections, who wants to hear the stories. Because in my opinion and how I read books, I love stories. I love hearing how people's stories have caused them to come to this realization because then I'm able to make those connections to it. So I'm just overall very, very grateful for it. And even if it bombs, hopefully it doesn't. It is not going but to bomb. Even if it bonds, I I'm so proud of it. And I'm so proud of the work that I have done in literacy and specifically upper elementary literacy. Um, and I'm proud to be able to share this because I will be honest, I never thought in the million day, like million years that I would be an author. I am not a good writer. I don't feel like I'm a good writer at least. And I'm just so grateful for the off- opportunity. Like it, this doesn't happen to everyone. And so I'm very, very grateful for this opportunity. Yeah. I obviously I, I dealt with a lot of the same feelings. Um, and I think what you mentioned about how, well, that person's not my target audience is important because you can never cater to everyone, no matter what, there will be people that agree and disagree. And so at the end of the day, I think it's just about putting out something that you're proud of or something that you believe in. And there will be people that connect with it. It won't be everyone, but it's never going to be everyone. And ultimately, if you change things to make them happy, then the people that truly kind of relate to you are no longer going to relate to what you're putting out. Right. And so it's important to to stay true to you and just accept that that means not everyone's going to agree, but that's okay. Yeah. You do you, boo. You do you. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay. My last one is my like kind of goofy one. Energy drinks. And I literally worded it as energy drinks to pick up the slack. Nice. It's funny because I've I've always struggled with sleep. Um, Bridget knows this. Before my powerlifting meet the night before, I did everything in my power to get a good night's sleep. I took a hot bath. I took melatonin. I got in bed at 8 p.m. and did not go on my phone because I knew that blue light was going to be there. I laid there from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m. and could not fall asleep. Oh and 
because of that, like I've always relied on a lot of, of caffeine, not every day. Um, I, I have one cup of coffee every day, but then sometimes that's all the caffeine I have, which it's like 80 milligrams or something. It's not much. Um, so don't, don't come for me. Okay. Don't come for me and tell me that my issue is too much caffeine. Um, I just struggled to turn my brain off with sleeping. And I think I get this from my dad because I remember growing up, I would wake up in the middle of the night and go downstairs and he'd be up watching like the wonder years and I would lay there and, and watch it with him. And so it's not my fault, but anyway, I love energy drinks and I know like in terms of, of health and the things that are in them, they are not good. I think everyone has their like vice or their thing that they know is not good for them, but it makes them happy and therefore it is good for them. You know what I mean? I eat a very balanced diet. I drink a gallon of water a day. If I want an energy drink, I'm gonna have one and I'm gonna enjoy every single sip of it. So you boo. (laughs) Exactly. It's just one of those things. I don't even know how to explain it, but when it's like 1 PM and I'm getting kind of tired, I just go in the fridge and I grab an energy drink and I'm like, yes. Like I am, I feel so That is my coffee. <laughs> like that's my coffee time. I'm like, I need another coffee just to kind of yeah. keep going. I drink <laughs> a lot of caffeine. Come at me guys. I don't care. <laughs> okay. So my final one is going to be my confidence. Now this is something that I'm still working on. So I like bear with me. I have always been the person, I have a very small confidence. I have a small confidence with the way that I look. I have a, I don't have a big confidence with, you know, like where I am intellectually, how I talk, how I, you know, approach things. I just struggle with, I have a very small Mm self-esteem. And I think this past year has been a huge um, booster in my confidence. And I have to thank like Trent and Michelle for this because those are the two people in my life that are always there to kind of pick me up when I'm down. And they, you know, they keep me from, you know, I have like little demons in my head is like what I like to call them because they just will put myself down. Well, it's because you're stupid. You don't really know. And I don't know why I do this to myself, but you know what? Hold on. Now I do. Do you know who Fantastically Fourth is on Instagram? I've heard the name. Okay. I would probably recognize. Um, So she is somebody who I recently, well, not recently. I've been following her for a little bit. And it's because of my cousin Junior. So Junior is like Juan Edgar, like Gonzalez, like on Instagram. He's teaching third with Mr. G. And so he kind of brought me on to her because he was like, she reminds me so much of you. So this is why I started following her. Well, Yesterday, she had posted something about anxiety and she, it was like a post from somebody else. So I went and I read the anxiety because it was like a panic attack versus anxiety or something to that, to that extent. And one of the things that she talked about was like her, like saying things in her head that like put her down or that like, she's like, oh, these people are talking about me, but they're not really talking about you. Mm -hmm. And there's, Mm -hmm. it's just all in your brain. And it's because of her anxiety. And I never really pinpointed that specific behavior that I have, right, to anxiety. And Mm -hmm. I think it, I think it does align because the times when I'm the most stressed, when I feel like I'm on edge all the time, that is when I tend to play those little scenarios, all those things Mm -hmm. are in my brain. And so I know like for just Trent and Michelle, like both of them, Trent's wonderful because he, you know, he'll tell me all the things that he wants me to, he wants 
to like he believes he really does believe it but sometimes like as his wife I'm like you're just saying that because you're my husband like you don't really think <laughs> that you are obligated to say those things so I love him because he's always kind of my biggest cheerleader but then I know that I can always go to Michelle and I feel like Michelle will tell me the truth like Michelle will tell it like it is she is not afraid to hurt my feelings in any way And so I feel like for having her in my life has been such a confidence booster because she'll tell me the things that I'm doing right. She'll tell me the things that I'm doing wrong. And it's just helped me so much. She can help me process those demons, right? Like I will call her and I know I can go on a walk and I can just spill out everything that's been going on in my brain. And she's like, okay, but let me bring you back down to earth, Bridget. And let me remind you of like all the things that you have going on and all the wonderful things. And, you know, you're okay to feel this way. And it's just, I am so unbelievably thankful for her and just having her in my life, even though she's miles and miles away, I'm still unbelievably grateful to have her in my life. Well, thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. I just want to go back to what you were mentioning about like the anxiety and the rumination. Um, you know, when you replay things in your head is over that and over what again. That word, is that what that is? Yeah. So like ruminating is when you kind of, to me, it's that when you replay a situation over and over yes, again and you're like, yes, but I should have done this yes, and I should have done that. I do that a lot. And, and I think the inner voices kind of play a role in that. And I just want to say, I deal with the exact same thing. And I think a lot of people do. It's just not everyone talks about it. And, and maybe it looks a little bit different for each person. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it's something a lot more people struggle with than we realize. And what's ironic about that is we do it to ourselves, but we never see other people through that same light. You know, we overanalyze like our actions or what we said in a moment. And we're like, why did we do that? But other people don't, they don't give two SHITs. Sorry, but that's the only word I can think of. They don't care because they're not overanalyzing it like that. It's funny because yesterday we were at the gym And there was this moment where I was using the cable machine and something with like the cables, like the cable came out. Okay. I'm just going to say, and it like fell. And so I immediately went and found like the gym owner and I was like, Hey, like I, first of all, not my fault, but I think the cable like snapped. And so him and a couple of the other guys came over and they were trying to figure it out. And I left the situation like telling myself like, Michelle, that was so stupid. Why did you do that? Because I worded it as the cable snapped. And then they were basically like, like, no, it didn't snap. And I don't know, it's a little bit of mansplaining, if you will, like, as if like, well, you don't know what's wrong with it. Yet at one point they pulled out the end of the cable that was loose. And I'm like, what do you mean it didn't snap? It's literally, you're holding the end of the cable. And so I felt very belittled in that moment. And I thought about it like for the next couple hours, I kept coming back to it. And I'm like, Michelle, why did like, why did you handle it? Why didn't you say this? And then I have to kind of reflect and go, you know what? That wasn't, that wasn't my problem. I reacted a normal way that any other person would. Like, I just think we all go through this and we just don't realize that the other people are doing the exact same thing, you know? And it, it is hard, but all that to say, it is nice to have people in your life, whether it's family, friends, your dog, whatever, that you can talk through in these moments and they can kind of bring you back down to earth and help you realize when you're being a little irrational. And that probably sounds mm-hmm. harsh, but that's what it, it becomes a lot of times. Yeah. We become irrational yeah. because our emotions take over. Exactly. And I do think, you know, anxiety is going to be a leading factor to that. Or at least in my situation, I've noticed that my anxiety 
is a, like a contributing factor to when I do that to myself. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's absolutely. so much more. And so like I've been dealing with it a ton. I'm feeling a mental health day is like in order this week. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Okay. So I know we ended on a totally different note, but that was our like feeling thankful episode because it just so happens that this episode is going up on Thanksgiving. And I think that's the first time that one of our episodes has gone up on Thanksgiving, but we enjoyed not only planning this episode, but recording it. I think it was a lot of fun just to kind of chit chat and reflect. And we all need those times, you know, Mm -hmm. now and then, but we hope you all enjoyed it as well. And if you did, please leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know your thoughts, subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't already, that way you're notified every time we drop our new episodes on Thursday morning, head over to our website. You can grab the new 2023 digital planners that run from January to December. You also can submit your own TSH for the chance to be featured on a future episode. And until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.